This is Lisa Pierce, executive editor of Packaging Digest, with another episode of Packaging Possibilities, a podcast that reveals what's new and what's next for packaging executives and engineers, designers, and developers. Our topic today is Amazon's just announced expansion of its frustration-free packaging incentive program. We have the pleasure of talking with John Blake today. He is Senior Director Analyst on e-commerce packaging for the research and advisory company Gartner. In addition to being an expert on e-commerce packaging, John also specializes in consumer and industrial packaging innovation and development, as well as consumer uh, trends, packaging organization and talent management, packaging sustainability strategy, and packaging productivity, um, quite an extensive area of expertise. Uh, Prior to joining Gartner in 2018, John held uh, leadership roles in Mondelez International's global packaging organization, where he was the packaging productivity platform lead and associate director of packaging for the global biscuit category, biscuit being cookies as we know them here in the United States. His career spans 25 years in many roles across packaging development, from project execution to packaging strategy, uh, strategic leadership in the food and consumer packaged goods sectors. 15 of those 25 years were with Kraft Foods. John um, also worked at United Parcel Service, UPS, as an account executive and packaging lab supervisor for five years. John, welcome, and thanks for taking the time to talk with us today to share your insights on this topic. Great, thank you, Lisa, thank you. So, uh, John, Packaging Digest just broke the news about Amazon's expansion of its frustration-free packaging incentive program. Um, As you know, the incentive program started in 2018 with larger products like um, ladders and big screen TVs. Um, Those are what Amazon calls non-sort items. Last week, um, June 1st, Amazon announced that millions and millions of smaller sort items like toys and uh, beauty products, uh, kitchen utensils, things like that, those are now eligible to earn money back from Amazon if they redesign their packaging to comply with any or all of the frustration-free packaging requirements. And um, there's three of them. Uh, One, shipping in its own container, what's known as SIOC, S-I-O-C, shipping in own container. Um, Two, cube efficiency. And three, being recyclable and easy to open. So what do you think of Amazon's latest effort here, John? Is the timing right for this? Why or why not? Yeah, thank you, Lisa. You know, first of all, uh, I'd really like to applaud Amazon for taking a leadership role in in promoting best practices and, you know, best in class and measurable improvements in in packaging for e-commerce. And 
at Gartner, we, we project the growth in e-commerce to continue, and we see organizations moving more and more to a direct-to-consumer model in, in the coming years. But organizations, you know, they, they still struggle with how to fulfill these transactions effectively in the final mile. And, and I often reference the frustra- Amazon's frustration-free packaging guidelines as a, as a blueprint for what good looks like. You know, so they've really mapped it out in a clear and understandable way. So, you know, I, I think the timing is good, you know, and, and the emphasis on making packaging smaller, which is a big part of this this expansion is a real need in the industry. Uh, you know, I see from a from a speed of fulfillment perspective, it's faster for a lot of organizations just to have a set number of boxes not tailored to the product, uh, and having fewer boxes. But from a sustainability standpoint, if you factor in the amount of materials in in the in the shipping container, the dunnage, the space that the packaging takes up in planes and trucks. You know, today's practices for most and, and for many are, are still very inefficient. You, know, you could say they're wasteful and they're costing organizations money in, in a lot of different areas. So, so I think the timing is good and I think it's a, it's a really interesting evolution of uh, the original program that launched just a couple years ago. Mm, yes, um, I agree. So um, one of the things that's a little bit different from that initial launch in uh, 2018 <clears throat> where they uh, had that, that first round of incentives. Um, this time, Amazon has decided not to have chargebacks, at least for now. Um, you always have that disclaimer there, at least for now. Um, for vendors who opt not to participate in this, either because they don't, don't want to or can't or for whatever reason. Um, so I guess the question that I have is, um, do you think that that carrot, um, the incentive, is going to be enough to get more brands to move on this? Or is Amazon eventually going to need maybe a stick, um, those chargebacks? Because uh, we are in a retail age where consumers are more aware of sustainability concerns like recycling and reducing packaging waste, as you've already mentioned. Um, so are brands moving toward the, uh, the same requirements, the frustration-free packaging requirements on their own anyway? You know, I, I think, you know, from the aspect of, um, you know, is the incentive enough for now? I, you know, I think we really have to wait and see. Um, I think any incentive that drives awareness across the different functions within an organization is a good thing. And then I kind of see this as there's new news there's something new to come to marketing, come to supply chain, come to manufacturing, maybe go to your packaging suppliers, right? Because there's a, there's a new program. And, you know, I, and I've, I've heard from, from some organizations that, you know, with the initial program focused on the chargebacks that, you know, packaging or, or supply chain fulfillment organizations have calculated or maybe they've gotten the bill for the chargebacks and they've gone to marketing to say, okay, here's the changes we need to make to be compliant. And, and there's pushback because marketing doesn't want to change the appearance of the packaging. They don't want to impact the potentially impact the consumer. And, um, and you know, packaging has gotten this pushback even when there's, you know, th- you know tens or hundreds of thousands of dollars in play. So um, there is that kind of that, that consumer um, aspect in marketing and, 
and all those things that need to be considered. But I think the good news is that, you know, this creates, uh, you know, the opportunity for another round of discussions within organizations about e-commerce packaging. And if you couple that with initiatives that most organizations have today around cost optimization targets, uh, sustainable packaging initiatives, you know, lowering uh, transportation cost and, and things of that nature, um, you know, it can really lead to some new activities and positive change with, within organizations. Um, you know, I, I, you know, from, from the, what was sent out from, from Amazon on their website, it does appear the examples, to me, it feels like it, it, it targets smaller businesses, smaller organizations. So I hope this doesn't discourage, you know, some of the larger companies from taking advantage of this incentive period that that we have coming up. And I look forward to seeing some case study examples from large organizations. You know, hopefully in, in the near future we have those. And um, I would envision that in some cases the dollar savings as a result of this expansion could be quite high. You know, certainly mm-hmm. very much uh, volume driven. And I think the calculator that Amazon has on on their packaging website is is a great tool. You know, with with some really basic data, organizations can quickly calculate you know, how many dollars are in play when reducing the outer dimensions of, of their shipper and their packaging. So I think there's some really good tools and, um, you know, hope, hopefully organizations take advantage and the carrots enough uh, to, to get more, you know, further activity in the space. Yeah, um, it's interesting that you mentioned two things, and that's the, the volume um, and the cost savings with the size of packages, reducing that. And that has been the uh, dimensional weight and the changes in the cost structure for the small parcel delivery services. Mm -hmm. Um, That has been a major factor um, moving along. I know it's um, strangely enough as a a consumer that, you know, I I, um, ship things to relatives around the country and, Knowing that the the cost of the the shipment is going to change depending on the size of the box, I'm pretty aware of how much dunnage and cushioning I put inside my shipments um, too. Just as a consumer, um, you know, kind of a consumer in the industry, so I know mm-hmm. a little bit more. Um, so that's interesting that you mentioned that. I don't know that in any of the case studies that um, Amazon has shared and or any of the case studies that I've had the the pleasure of talking with some brand owners on um, specifically about their e-commerce packaging, whether it's fulfilled by Amazon or not. Um, There's not a whole lot of sharing of those cost savings. And I don't know if it's because it's a difficult thing to calculate, as you say, because so many things play into it. And if maybe that uh, new uh, calculator that Amazon has uh, put together is going to help, that that will help identify those cost savings, whether those brands will share share those numbers Mm -hmm. publicly Mm -hmm. or not is a, a completely different story there. But the other thing that you brought up that I'd like to go into right now is the um, the idea of the uh, the look or the aesthetics of e-commerce shipping. So um, various packaging executives at Amazon over the years have said that the typical retail packaging 
um, what they call the romance or that aesthetic look um, to packaging, that it's often oversized so that it has that shelf appeal in these brick and mortar stores. And um, the folks at Amazon don't think that is particularly needed for e-commerce sales. Um, I have my own opinion on that, which uh, doesn't quite align with Amazon's, um, but that's okay. Um, wondering what your take is on it. Uh, if you think consumers are okay with their products arriving in maybe a plain brown box or an unattractive envelope, um, does that give Amazon shoppers a positive unboxing experience that we hear so much about and how important that is? You know, I think it, it really depends on three things. I think it depends on the consumer. It depends on the product positioning and it depends on the occasion. So it, it there isn't necessarily one answer. And I think, you know, if I took, for example, if, if, if you're, purchasing a toy for your own child or a bottle of fragrance for yourself. You may opt for not having romance packaging, right? You, you know what you want. Maybe there's a sustainability mindset. Just be very efficient. Get it to me quickly, right? Without a lot of fuss. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. But if you're buying the toy or fragrance as a gift, then you're probably going to want to maintain the presentation, right? Mm -hmm. the, the romance packaging. So, I think where organizations can provide a choice, that's a great option for consumers, if if possible. I mean, you're you're perhaps maintaining two SKUs now instead of one. Um, you know, perhaps there's a different price point if you, if you want the extra packaging. Um, but I think, you know, even um, you know, reconsidering the romance packaging for for both channels. Uh, both retail, let's say, traditional and e-commerce, you know, if you consider it for both occasions, it could drive a reduction, you know, based on what I think of as like a new criteria for success. And it almost gets to this omni-channel thinking, right? So right. is there, if you can't maintain two SKUs, is there something in between? Reduce the romance, but enough that you project the quality or the play factor. So I, I think, you know, organizations, you know, really do need to work with their consumer research and their marketing leads to understand, you know, the consumer, the product positioning and the occasion and make sure you're not turning anybody off, but also being more sustainable and, um, you know, more efficient in, in the e-commerce channel. Yes. And actually that reminds me that um, Amazon has kind of addressed this in a way um, they do have, they have been working with, the organization Fusnio, if you're familiar with them, um, F-U-S-E-N-E-O, I believe is the spelling of that. And um, what they've done is they've developed a reversible e-commerce package that actually addresses that those gift occasion uh, um, opportunities where the outside of the box when you receive it is the, you know, the typical um, shipping brown box, but inside it's printed and you literally just unfold and flip and refold um, to reverse the, the, the package. And now you have that prettier um, gift packaging. So it's going to be uh, interesting to see how well that concept. And of course, you know, there's probably the cost of that, the extra inside printing, um, whether you do a two color, four color, whatever. 
Um, so that'll be interesting to see how well that goes, because um, I do agree that those occasions do matter to the, the, the consumer. I bought something recently for a baby shower I'm going through, and I was so excited. And when it came, it was in just the brown box with a, you know, a four-color printed label slapped on it. And I wrapped it, and I'm going to gift it because that's the package that it came in. But, mm -hmm. boy, was I disappointed. <laughs> Yeah, and I think I think the what you mentioned on the inside print is interesting because it, it creates a lot of creative opportunity for packaging engineers and packaging designers. Because historically, there's a, when when we were more traditional brick and mortar, there's always resistance to inside print, like on shelf ready displays, because of the cost. But now maybe there's a new opportunity. Reduce in some areas, add nice consumer enhanced inside print to the shipper. And, per, and, and perhaps that's an opportunity, but there, there's always something new for the packaging engineer and designer to, to drive innovation. And, and that, I think, is an is a untapped area, that, that inside print on, on shippers and try to achieve a couple initiatives at the same time, right? Be smaller, more compact, more efficient, but also provide the, the consumer experience. Right. And as you mentioned, I I'm not sure if this would count as a second skew or not, if it's the exact same, um, let's say it's a wraparound blank um, or setup box, whatever, but, um, you know, just how you load the the blanks into the, the cartoning machine or the case packer machine, um, you know, if you, now you do have that omni-channel package with one slight change in your oper in your packaging operation. Um, that's actually quite clever. Actually quite clever. Okay, so um, John, any other thoughts on Amazon's uh, frustration-free packaging incentive program 2.0? Yeah, uh, you know, one we haven't mentioned, I think the, the option for vendors to conduct their own self-test to certify the non-fragile ASINs that are under 50 pounds is... It, it, you know, it's quite innovative and it and it had to come with a lot of I imagine it had to come with a lot of deliberation within, you know, within Amazon to, you know, to offer that as part of the expansion. And, you know, and, and when I think about it, and you mentioned, you know, I, I started my career in the package test lab at UPS, you know, and, um, you know, doing the ISTA certified testing. And, you know, and, and I would say as, as packaging engineers, we're you know, we're we're traditionally, you know, conditioned to test under a lab environment with trained technicians, use of expensive equipment. And I think allowing vendors to conduct their own drop testing for SIAC and frustration free packaging certification, you know, and not and not requiring the compression, vibration, and other test protocols um, that the fragile or or heavier ASINs still require, you know, could open up certification for, you know, for many more vendors. Um, and I, I do, you know, I do think this option, I mean, it, it comes with a bit of risk as, you know, the ISTA 6 Amazon SIAC test methods were developed, you know, to represent the rigors of e-commerce beyond just drop impacts. Um, but ideally, you know, vendors and all the parties involved, you know, really invoke the spirit of the expansion of, of the frustration-free packaging incentive program. Um, and and that's you know to me I feel that's really to contribute to the sustainability goals, lower damage rates and returns, and enhance the 
the, cus- the, the consumer experience, you know, with online shopping. So I, I think that this aspect of the expansion, the self-test, you know, it's probably a bit of an experiment or, or test in and of itself. Um, but it could prove, you know, to help many of the vendors um, that the target that the that the program is targeting, you know, especially those that maybe don't, you know, have the the means or facilities to do the the full blown testing that was previously required. Okay, um, makes sense. Uh, you use the term ASIN, and I just want to um, identify that's. A, S is in Sam, I, N is in Nancy, and that stands for Amazon Standard Identification Number. It's the number that Amazon assigns to all of the products um, in its uh, in its warehouse uh, catalog for sale. Um, so I just wanted to, uh, I, I know occasionally we use the uh, uh, vernacular of the uh, industry and maybe some people aren't quite aware of it. So just wanted to point that out. Well, um, John, there's one last question that I, I thought of too, because you know, with these this um, program expanding to those smaller items, um, I think some consumers. I know I have. I'm a big Amazon shopper. Uh, I admit, and I think um, a lot of Amazon shoppers are a little bit more aware of the. Um, um, efficiency, I guess, of their orders and trying to minimize the number of boxes from a sustainability point of view or just a cost point of view, whatever, um, that a lot of those smaller items may ship um, still in an Amazon overbox because they're going with other orders. Um, is that going to, how is that going to impact the the brand's um thinking about redesigning a package for this particular program. Do you think it will? Well, you know, I, I, I think the, the introduction of the self-test and, and the training videos that, that Amazon has, there's, and the fact that you can do the test, you don't need equipment. You know, you can really do it. You can repeat it. Um, you know, I, I think that in itself is an encouragement or maybe an enabler to do some testing on some of these smaller items that they're, they're probably going to get put with other orders in a, in a bigger shipment in a bigger box, but it's a good way to even quickly validate, am I on the right track? You know, do I have a Mm -hmm. impending problem or am I looking pretty good as far as surviving in its own box? And then if it's put into an additional box with other items, it's likely that that's extra protection versus uh, creating more risk. So I, I think just the nature of the program, introducing this idea of self-testing, explaining how to do it, you know, how to number the panels, um, it encourages, you know, an ability to, to do some early evaluation, perhaps. Maybe it's not the final story because of how the item is actually going to be shipped at the end of the day, but it, it's an enabler to help those understand better you know, how, how likely these smaller items are going to survive, even just in their own box, let's say. Okay, excellent. Um, thank you for that. And I like we did um, after the initial um, incentive program was launched, uh, Packaging Digest will pull uh, some of the brands that are impacted by this just to see how they think about that too. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, we'll see. I'm sure we'll get... Uh, a variety of 
uh, responses uh, from different people along the way. John, thank you so very much for your time today. I really appreciate it and the uh, insights that you shared with us on um, what I agree is a pretty uh, bold and leadership action um, from the, the folks at Amazon. So thanks for your time. Great. Well, thank you, Lisa. Happy to join you today.